This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We have been talking about gospel fluency, and this all began when we went through a passage in Ephesians 4. And there's a phrase in that passage. This is a passage about the church. So there's a time and place for evangelism outside of the walls of the church and how we engage with those that disagree with us and how we bring the gospel message to them. Um, But Ephesians 4 is not that passage. Ephesians 4 is how do we engage with our brothers and sisters in the church that Christ has gifted the church with all of these things. And then there's a call upon our lives to use those gifts for the good of the of the whole. We're a body, and we're to build up the other people within the body. And in the midst of all of that conversation, Paul says that we are not to be tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. And the sense is there are going to be lots of threats to the church and to the foundation of the church with regard to correct thinking. And so the church is not supposed to be unstable. It's supposed to be sure and, and firm in what they believe. And so then Paul says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And throughout the passage, Christ has been the center. And so he's saying, well, how do we speak the truth in love? How do we speak the gospel truth to one another in love so that we continue to ground people so that they're not unstable in their faith? So today, we want to apply the gospel to personal stories. Really, how do we apply speaking the truth in love? And we have a script in front of us. They don't know this, but I was just in a conversation on Sunday about this topic, this idea. So this is not scripted. This is this is real, real thing here. Mm-hmm. And specifically, this individual was saying, how do we as a church speak the truth in love when we disagree so strongly about some of the political and cultural things that are going on right now in our country. How do we speak the truth to one another in love when we are so divided on some of these external things that are going on politically, socially, culturally, that kind of trickle into the church and trickle into conversations between brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, I think if you – go ahead, Jonathan. I was going to say, you know, quoted Ephesians 4, but Ephesians chapter 5 begins by saying, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. 
walk in love. And one of the things that we're reminded of God himself, a bruised reed he will not break, a smoking wick he's not going to snuff out. What it means, he's not going to, he doesn't want to get, he doesn't want to get a win. He wants to get us. He wants to heal us, restore us, and, and that. And I think sometimes people think that they are, the only victory that is to be had is when you just just grind somebody into the dirt. Yeah, I think if we give maybe some like broad categories in terms of the answer to answer your question, um, I think when we talk about speaking the truth in love, remember it's not saying difficult things nicely, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you disagree with someone, it's not how do I say this difficult thing nicely to them. What we mean is it's speaking Christ to that person. Mm-hmm. So let's take a political conversation. Um, let's say you might have a Christian brother or sister who's, man, rapidly on one side of, of an issue, but but you recognize perhaps they're placing their, their hope or their confidence for the future in that political uh, result and then that doesn't happen let's mm-hmm. say i mean that's never happened to us right right right, yeah. right? so part of speaking the truth or speaking christ i'm just having trouble wrapping my my mind around such an abstract right example, yeah. example but i'm right? gonna keep trying Vinny. I'll, I'll, I'm, stra- I'm, I'm struggling that's where, I, that's where i live is the abstract um, <laughs> so it, it's helping people recognize that perhaps there's there's a place where they have entrusted their faith in, in something that cannot fulfill sa- and satisfy them. And so it's it's pointing them from that political result back to Christ as the ultimate fulfillment and satisfaction of their hope. And mm-hmm. so it's why we spent so much time rehearsing the gospel, because it's only if you're familiar with who Christ is and what he has accomplished in his work that you can then accurately and delicately apply the scripture to the soul and mind and heart of an individual. This is, like Jonathan described, this is not the broad sword. <laughs> this this is the scalpel application mm-hmm. of it to the heart of the believer. Yeah, I think when we, uh, we talked about Christ's ascension and its importance and the fact that he's enthroned, I mean, it's such a, an essential element of the gospel. And when we talk about him being enthroned and g- given all authority over heaven and earth, I mean, those who are in power, regardless of what nation we're in, are there because Jesus put them there. You know, Barack Obama was president for two terms because Jesus wanted Barack Obama as president for two terms. Donald Trump was in president for one term because Jesus wanted him president for one term at that time. Joe Biden is our president because Jesus wants Joe Biden as our president. I mean, we don't understand all that Jesus is doing, but these people are not in office because we put them there. They're not in office because of tampering devices and things like that. That could be the means. Who knows? Which but is a reminder there, that we need that to, Jesus we need to is communicate to people the sovereignty of God in all things. Right. You know, that he's in control even when we feel out of control. Our we loyalty to, is not to be chiefly American. Our loyalty right. chiefly is to be Christian, Christ-centered. Well, and I think that speaking, you know, this is go back to what we were talking about last week, uh, speaking the truth in love. If we, truth without love is just a simple way of self-righteousness. It, it's just, you know, it's promoting, you know, we're better than you, truth without love. And love without truth is kind of a self-indulgence. It's cowardly. It's John Newton, who gave us amazing grace, said our natural temptation is to say what we should not say or to not say what we should say. One is cruel arrogance, the other is cruel cowardice. Neither is love. And uh, you know, we, we need not to be uh, cowardly or arrogant 
in the communication of God's truth. Mm-hmm. I, maybe we're we're beating a dead horse, but I I I do <laughs> I do think there's some significance to this overall theme, and I want to just circle back to something that Ryan said that our chief identity is not as an American; it's it's as a as a Christian, and that's not just a a saying of of Ryan that that's the text that's Ephesians four. Mm-hmm. I mean, the key word here is bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all, and in all. Mm-hmm. One, 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 unity. And so and what happens is we're supposed to get our primary identity in God. That's who we are. We're mm-hmm. in Christ. And as we are united to Christ, we are united to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, mm-hmm. you, and, you, and this is what you're pointing out. This is some a particular activity of the church because we all have blind sight spots in our life. We we get duped by the lies and the perceptions, and we need people to come alongside of us, give us certain accountability, show us where we've embraced a falsehood, show us when we've started down the path of a, a falsehood. And as a Christian, I need to humbly consider where I might be wrong. Back to Russ's original posture of the, the political issue, if we think about even the, one of the cultural verbiage of today the identity politics where Mm. we reduce people down to a a political affiliation or an attribute Mm -hmm. of them well let's say your your political identity misplaces your identity in christ and then that issue or that leader isn't elected or that issue doesn't pass the way you wanted it to you're now experiencing an existential identity crisis Mm-hmm. And part of the speaking to Christ, uh, speaking the truth in love and speaking Christ to people is helping strip away that false identity that has let them down and, and leading them back to the real identity that is foundational and forever, and that's in Christ. Whether it's our nationality, like being American, mm-hmm. or a Republican, or a Democrat, or you pick a pick a false identity that you've embraced. I would just encourage you to, to think through maybe this framing. If you find out somebody's political views, their cultural perspectives, whatever it might be, that may be different than your own. And it causes you to love your brother and sister in the Lord less. Mm. Then I, I would encourage you to rethink where you have set your your affections mm-hmm. and where you've set your hope. Mm-hmm. Um, the gospel transcends these things. Mm-hmm. And it saddens me that within the church, things that ought not to trump our unity in Christ have trumped that and have put wedges in relationships that should not be there. Mm. Part of what we can say is, you're my brother and sister in Christ. I might not see things from the same perspective that you do, and I might strongly disagree with you but I don't love you any less. Mm -hmm. I just disagree with you on this. Mm -hmm. And if talking about this causes hurt to the other person, then in love you should forbear. 
if you know that bringing up a topic is going to cause the other person to have angst or sorrow or distress, then in love, don't bring it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's okay to disagree, but it's not okay to, to push that as an agenda item. This matter of speaking the truth in love is not just simply, it's not just for the pastoral class. Right. <laughs> you know, yes. this, is, this is a ministry of the church, which also is a reminder why we need the whole church. We need the church. We need a pastor. We need discipleship. We need to participate in discipling others. We, this is basically a ministry boiled down to its simplest form, speaking the truth in love. We are going to find ourselves in a predicament that we really don't have time for another question because we're at the end of our time. So what you're going to hear is me giving you some information. First, if you need to reach out to us as a listener and want to bring a question, we would strongly encourage you to email us at thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com. We are actually beginning to wonder if our email account is actually active i want to say that it has literally been months since we have received a legitimate email we get some spam emails but i don't know if we've gotten am i wrong on no, this gentlemen a couple months i assumed our whole audience were on vacation together yes yes that it's, is what it we've is assumed. summer <laughs> so welcome back for vacation if you want to reach out to us if you have topics or questions that you want us to, to talk about the gospel for life idaho at gmail.com and then last we're just going to sign off by reminding you right now would be a great time to sit down Go on your phone or your computer and register for the upcoming conference at Reformation. Unless you're driving. Unless you're driving. (laughs) Please don't do that. ReformationBoise.com, and we will see you tomorrow.